Welcome, everybody, back to another episode of the Dunkin' with Dom podcast. Zach, the Lakers are almost back in action. How are you feeling about it? Dude, I'm, I'm feeling nice, but this preseason's got me a little worried, you know? <laughs> uh, haven't won a game, Lost, just lost to the Warriors without uh, Draymond or Steph playing, and we had all of our players, so I don't know, kind of a brutal start, but uh, it is just preseason, so hopefully that's not indicating anything for the actual season well you did allude to it so in this episode obviously preseason still in action nba tip-off is about six days away we're using this episode to kind of cover what we're going to expect going forward with this season covering the betting lines for the regular season win totals western conference exclusively team i want to start off with is obviously the la lakers your favorite team rough start to this preseason the storyline going into this season is that they win two years ago last year get off to a strong start LeBron Anthony Davis both get injured they flame out in the playoffs to Phoenix their line is set at 52 and a half wins like keep in mind this is an 82 game season so all of these win totals are factoring in that 82 game season Zach at 52 and a half wins are you going under or over on the Lakers and why so I'm going over on this bet um because of our extradition of Russell Westbrook this season, I think that he's definitely going to help out later season, in regular season anyways, uh, give LeBron and Anthony Davis some more breather uh, once we get like a playoff spot secured. And with him additionally, I think he'll help. We can bench LeBron or AD for a game, and we don't have to worry too much because um, Westbrook will help fill in that missing gap um, as uh, playmaker. So I, I do think uh, we're going to get off to a pretty strong start to the regular season, despite having this uh, shitty post uh, preseason. Um, I think like our first ten games will probably go around eight and two. After looking at uh, our first ten, we always get off to a. Uh, we've been getting off to a rough start, but I do think once the team starts to form together, once like. Carmelo joins in all our new additions once Kendrick Nunn starts playing well. Uh, I, I don't see how this team could um, n- not cover that bet. I'm also taking the over here. I agree with you. The Lakers last season went 42-30 and 30 despite all the injuries to both LeBron and Dean Davis. Dennis Schroeder was out for a little bit with like the health and safety protocol. Gasol had COVID and never looked the same. The Westbrook addition, as much as I hate it, both in terms of financial, in terms of assets given up, and in terms of playoff uh, ceiling, regular season-wise, it wins out. He's going to eat up minutes. He's going to average his triple-doubles. There will be nights where Anthony Davis and LeBron won't play, and the Lakers can still win those games because Westbrook is still playing. That, I think, matters for this win total. It's an easy over for me. I'm not going to have it as a lock because 53 wins is still a lot. There's a very deep Western Conference. A lot of teams that did battle at... Yeah, a lot of teams that did bad last year are improving. Teams that are good, other than the Clippers, every team that was in the playoffs last year is either the same or got a little bit worse, but it's still pretty competitive. With that said, though, I think it's an over for me by far. So we're both in agreement with this one, one for one so far. Next team is a bit more interesting. The NBA Western Conference champions, the Phoenix Suns, they won 51 games last year in a 72-game season. Their line is set at 51 and a half wins. Zach, are you taking the over or under on the Phoenix Suns at 51.5? So, for the Phoenix Suns, I'm honestly going to be taking the under here. Um, Although they did win the uh, Western Conference Finals last year, 
I think that that was a vast majority of it was due to injuries. I don't think that Chris Paul is going to be playing at the same caliber he was last season. Um, and they do have uh, other pieces like Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden, uh, Mikhail Bridges, uh, and all, all of them, which I think are going to be, uh, which are definitely going to have a step up this season uh, after having such a strong last season. I just don't see how they can uh, get past uh, all this other firepower in the West because um, they ha- the rankings have them set at second right now uh, for total wins. So I, I would have to be hammering the under in this. Um, so yeah, uh, for our first disagreement, I'm going to the over here. So here's why they won 51 games in 72 games last year. So in other words, the line is basically the same with an extra 10 games. The Chris Paul point you bring up though is pretty huge. Like Chris Paul played all but two games last year. So in other words, they're banking on either a similar return to health on Chris Paul or they're banking on Devin Booker, Aiden Bridges, all taking leaps and basically last year, not being a fluke. That's kind of where, like, the disagreement is, I guess, between us is, like, is Phoenix legit again in both regular season success and in postseason? Personally, I don't think so because there are a lot of big men who will be able to stop DeAndre Aiden. Like, the reason why Lakers lost, in my opinion, is because we didn't have Anthony Davis for a majority of the series. And if we had him helping out on Aiden, I I do think, like, that would be a – that would have been very beneficial – and we probably would have beat him Phoenix, but there's no way to know that. Um, but I'm, but like they're in the same uh, with Jokic, uh, um, Rudy Gobert. Literally, every team has a good big man. So if Chris Paul isn't playing at the same caliber, and teams are able to shut down, uh, uh, shut down Aiden, then um, that leaves him with uh, Devin Booker having to be playing. Uh, like the best of his game, and I'm on and I'm on the side of Devin Booker being overrated, uh, and that has to do with recency bias. Like if he if they did not make the Western Conference Finals, I don't think I think don't think Devin Booker would have been nearly as recognized as he is now. So, oh no, I agree with you there. I think the other thing that's important is you bring up two excellent points. The Aiden factor is absolutely critical because Chris Paul, respectfully, is not going to be the same for this long. So they're really banking on Aiden kind of taking this leap that everyone's wanting. And number two is that Devin Booker has been a good but not great regular season player. And remember, we're regular season focused here. So they're really banking on those two guys basically being really, really good. And I don't think they could be that, which is why I think we have that disagreement. I'm going to lean over here, but you're kind of you're getting me into the argument of why this is a really good line. The next line is a very fascinating line. And I, I think I want to hear your thoughts on this one. Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry returns fully in shape last year. Uh, they make it to the play-in tournament, lose uh, to the Lakers, and then to the Grizzlies. Their line set at 48 and a half wins. Zach, over or under on the Warriors? So, honestly, th- that line, I think, is set pretty well. Wow. Interesting. Um, I-, I still have to lean to the under on it. Yes. Just, be- just because of... Um, uh, Clay Thompson still not going to be able to make his return until Christmas Day. I think is when he's scheduled to return. Yeah, like uh, like late January or uh, late December, early January, around that range. Yeah, uh, I, I saw something about Christmas Day. He's going to try and be back for that. Um, and who knows if he's even going to be playing at the same caliber he was two years ago? Excellent point. Um, 
because yeah, if he comes back and he's uh, and his shots off or anything, that's another slow start getting him back into the spin of things. So um, I, I w- do have to lean towards the under. What are your thoughts on this one? This is one of my best bets. I'm going under lock here. Here's why. The Clay Thompson bit is huge of it. Not having Clay Thompson for a whole year, or at least a majority yeah. to start for this, tw- I mean, this like 2021, like fiscal year, uh, okay. is, is bad. Because in other words, you're already with two months and change with no, you're basically your second best player is gone. Number two is that last year, they won 39 games. So that's a 12 – if they were to take the even the slightest over, it would be a 10-game increase – no, no, uh, a 10-game increase from last year with Steph Curry with an extra year and Draymond with an extra year, as well as rookies and their young guys and, like, Wiseman, stuff like that, getting big minutes. And it doesn't seem – and it doesn't seem like there's going to be a big trade. I, I, th- I think the this line is set just because – there is the potential of Ben Simmons getting traded there, but I don't. I don't, I don't see it, man. I really. That's a tough. That you're really bank. If as a better, you're really banking on like a big trade mid season for them to get. Because the Warriors right now, if this were to be it, would be like a fifth seed. Because I think it's Lakers, Suns. It's Lakers, Suns. You know, Lakers, Jazz, Suns, then Mavs and Warriors. So in other words, they would be tied for fourth or fifth in the Western Conference. That's a pretty big leap. From going from like end of playing tournament to like the middle of the pack, like that's that's a big a big margin right there. Yeah, so I, I still am leaning towards the under, but I do think that this line is set really well. Yeah, I think what they're also banking on is like Steph Curry has a kind of a full blown MVP year. Like it's not just a one month in February he like lights up Philly for like forty five points or whatever. Like, I think they're expecting a big. Like consistent play from Steph and from Draymond this year, which will definitely yeah, that also makes that one. Steph did step up a lot last year, but again, he is getting up there in age, and I think it's going to be interesting to see if he maintains the same caliber he was playing at last season, and if his other teammates like uh, can step up, like if Wiseman can put pieces together, if Ubre can figure some stuff out, because both of them had kind of. Uh, sleeper seasons for what I was expecting before last season. So if, if like, they can put all their pieces together, um, I think that they definitely could hit that line, but it, it would be very difficult. So we're two, we're two for three on the line so far. Next one in this division, the Clippers are a pretty interesting team. Uh, they make it to the Western Conference uh, Finals last year. Obviously lose Kawhi to the ACL injury midway. They, with that said, took Phoenix to six games. No Kawhi, it seems like, for the majority, if not all, of this year heading uh, to the 2021-2022 season. The line is pretty interesting. 45 and a half wins. Zach, over or under on the Clippers at 45 and a half? So this is another team where I'm going to have to bet the under just because yes. Kawhi is going to be out for a while. Um, if Kawhi was going to be able to be playing for the season, uh, I would be taking the over. However, he's out for a while, and then when he does come back, he comes back for like a month or two, I think, in regular season, probably closer to a month. And even then, it's still not really uh, guaranteed, just like Clay Thompson, that he's going to come back playing as he was before his injury, especially because a lot of his game is mid-range. Clay is more of a catch-and-shoot type of guy. I would say Kawhi, maybe his shot creation's a little bit lacking when he comes back. Um, and maybe his defensive side of things too. Um, the, the Clippers are another team that haven't made that many offseason moves, and they're just trying to develop. 
so I so that for those reasons I'm taking the under. Also, I'm a Laker fan, so I can't oh. really root over. No, you're good. So this this argument's actually kind of similar to the Suns or Warriors here, where the Clippers last year won 47 games in the 72 game season. With that said, I'm going under lock here. This is one of my best bets. Here's why. Uh, the Clippers are in a tough conference. A lot of teams got better. Teams that were kind of frisky in the playoffs last year really improved talent-wise. The Clippers, all they did was re-sign their guys and lost Kawhi. So they're really banking on if anything were to happen, it would be a Paul George MVP year. It'd be like improvement from Luke Kennard and Terrence Mann and some of those role players. And it would be no regression from Reggie Jackson or Nick Batum or Marcus Morris. That's a lot to ask for just to be like a 50-win team. Because of that, because of all those factors, and the Kawhi thing, as much as I know he's an overrated regular season player, losing Kawhi and replacing those minutes with Luke Kennard and Terrence Mann and more Batum and Morris, that's just simply not feasible in the regular season. So I think this is one of my better bets. I forty six Going 46-36 and 36 for this Clippers team, I don't see it. Could they still make the play-in game? Absolutely. Could they be like a 10 seed and you know go 40-42? and 42? Absolutely. But they're not 46-1 team. Know. I'm honestly putting them closer to like a, a six or seven seed. Like if they get a playing game, they w- it'll be as a seven seed. But I do think that they can barely escape it if uh, Terrence Mann is playing the same that we saw in the playoffs, as well as uh, Paul. If Paul George uh, uh, plays well, um, they just don't really have anyone at the center position who I can rely on as well. Like Zubox at center. Like, I, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, well, and the other thing, more underrated component, Paul George has always missed time the past couple of the regular seasons, and they've usually had one of, Ka- like, a, a Kawhi or whatever to ha- step up for those minutes. There's going to be games this year where it's no PG and no Kawhi, guaranteed. How do the Clippers win those games? Wait, is it Reggie Jackson scoring 30? I, I'm not really banking on that on a random Tuesday night. I think that matters, too. Yeah, red, like you'd have to rely on Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann, who like, who who did Batum, who's getting really old as well. Like, I, I just don't see this team uh, de- doing better than they did last season. Um, so I definitely agree on the under, uh, but yeah, we'll just see by how much. Uh, last team in this Pacific Division, a kind of an interesting team too, the Sacramento Kings. A semi-interesting team last year. They go 31-41 and in a 72-game season. Darren Fox had a borderline all-star year. There's always been the Ben Simmons talk with this team. Nothing yet. They still got Tyrese Halliburton. They got Davion Mitchell. They got some young guys here and there. Their line is set at 35.5 wins for this 82-game season. Uh, Zach, are you taking the over or under on this 35.5 win line? Uh, honestly, I'm going to be taking the over on this oh, one. Oh, God. Here we go. Let's do it. <laughs> I can tell already you don't agree with this pick. Let's do it. Well, um, give me your thoughts. What's what's my pro Kings uh, take for the day? Um, so personally, um, what's it called? I, I do kind of like watching the Kings, and because they're in the Pacific Division, and a lot of these teams, the only team that we that I've really thought was going to hit the over is the Lakers. Um, so some so these wins got to come from somewhere. Yeah, I was else like, this, this is true. You you do have a good point there. Yeah. So because the only team I've said so far in the Pacific Division hitting the over is the Lakers. Um, the the I think Kings can do have the potential 
to be a contender uh, and win some of these other Pacific game, uh, division games. Um, I, I love Buddy Heald, uh, De'Aaron Fox. If Buddy Heald can be lights out, um, then that's really good. Um well, and, so, yeah. they, and they brought back a lot of their guys. They still have Harrison Barnes, uh, Rashawn Holmes. They kind of kept their core intact. They didn't really make yeah. anything major crazy. And I'm a big fan of Hassan Whiteside, actually. Um, yeah. Well, well, they have well, they have seven centers. So I'm hoping they'll play Hassan out of like that uh, poo poo platter of like Alex Len and uh, Marvin Bagley and some of those guys. <laughs> they're they're really banking on uh, Hassan Whiteside here. It's a pretty scary, uh, pretty scary sight. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So here, here's why I, I kind of agree with you to an extent. The Kings won 31 games last year in 72 games. So this line is saying, will they go 36 and 46 minimum? The answer is very likely. Like, they could be a sneaky, like, 11 seed, whatever. My logic is that I think that the top teams this year are going to win a lot, especially, like, the Suns, Lakers... Nuggets probably like those like Mavericks especially which we we'll get to later like those top five teams that I think they'll take away wins from those Kings Pelicans Grizzlies tier we saw last year there was a lot of like similar records all around minus the Jazz I don't see that this year I see it where it's kind of we know who the top teams are then there's a distinct middle and then a distinct end and I think the Kings fall on that end here's why Darren Fox is a borderline all star but that's exactly what he is he's no more than a top thirty guy in the league max. Um, Buddy Heald and Ty- uh, Tyrese Halliburton are excellent, but they're kind of overlapping at that guard position. They're small forward. They don't really have one. It's Harrison Barnes at the four, Halliburton playing the three, which he's not really good at. Um, the Marvin Bagley, Whiteside, Alex Len, backup center slash big man situation is atrocious. Like it doesn't, ex- it, it's horrible. I think I got to go under here just because it, you're asking Sacramento to be a borderline uh, playing team. I don't think they're that given how competitive the West is this year. I really don't. Okay. Uh, yeah. So. So we'll, so we're three of five so far in similarities. Yeah. Three of five. Okay. <laughs> so next division is pretty fascinating. So we got the uh, central division, or not the central division, the uh, Southwest division, which has the Mavs, Grizzlies, Pelicans, Spurs, and Rockets. Uh, ironically, this division has four of my five best bets. So this should be very fun. Um. Number one, the Dallas Mavericks are. I've got I've got six this year. I've got six at least in the Western Conference. But this is a really good one for me. I'm not known for betting, but I'm hoping that these bets actually turn a pretty uh pretty good profit. Uh, the Mavericks are set at forty eight and a half uh, wins. Obviously, got Luka Doncic, Kristaps. They hired Jason Kidd. Uh, Zach, are you taking this forty eight and a half line as the over or the under? So this is gonna be. This is one of my. I bet you're gonna take the under on it, but I'm actually gonna be hitting the over. Surprisingly, uh, surprisingly, I'm the over too. I'm I'm on the over. Really? Yep. So Porzingis has been really underrated. I think he's had he's been playing like uh, all right. I do think he will be able to step up, and if he doesn't, I think that the Mavs are gonna try and do like a midseason move to try and get a better uh, piece to partner with Luka Doncic, as well as the fact that they're also in the same. Uh, division as the Grizzlies, Spurs, Pelicans, and Rockets. All four of those teams, except for maybe the Pelicans, um, the Mavs should have an easy uh, have an easy division. Um, and I, 
Like, I think that they could eat, beat the Grizzlies, beat the Spurs, beat the Pelicans, beat the Rockets on a normal basis. So I think that they'll easily get those wins from their division, um, as well as other wins uh, along, along the line. So I, I am leaning towards the over, surprisingly. This is an overlock for me. They need to win 49 games. They're playing one of the easier divisions in the Western Conference because, as you mentioned it, the Spurs are rebuilding, Pelicans are kind of a crap show, Grizzlies kind of in the middle, and the Rockets are completely tanking. So in terms of division games, they've got a pretty good set. Last year, they won 42 games, and that was in 72 games. So they basically need to get off to a better start. Luka was out of shape in the first part of this season. He won't be out of shape this year. They've got a new system. This reminds me kind of of 2007 LeBron where you got this weird team surrounded by the superstar. Nobody expects much, and then they overachieve. I think this could be the case for Luka this year, especially with a lot of these contenders. I have questions about it. The Clippers are out this year. Lakers, for as much as we love them as the favorite, there's obviously a lot of doubt. Warriors, we don't know what's going to happen with them. Phoenix and Utah has regression potential. The Mavericks are poised in a hypothetical world to be a team that goes in the up and up. I don't see why they can't win 50 games. Even if they're the fourth seed and win 50 games, they beat the line which is what we want. I think it's an overlock for me. Luka's going to take another leap. I think Porzingis being back and healthy finally for the first time in like three years is good. Jason Kidd, while not the biggest fan, I think him just being a culture setter and a difference compared to Rick Carlisle will jump that team up motivation-wise. It's a good team. I think they're going to win 50 games. That's all I'm saying. So I'm going to go overlock here. So we're uh we're I, I'm surprised we agree on that uh, that one. I thought we would disagree on that one a bit more. I actually more. was too. I didn't I did not think you were going to be taking the over <laughs> on that at all. All right, next so. team here, uh, Grizzlies at forty one and a half. I want to get your thoughts on this one. So interesting team. They make the play in tournament. They uh, make it to the eighth seed. John Moran has that crazy first round series. Kind of reminds me a lot of like Allen Iverson, just in the like scoring out of number one, being the only guy who can really create on that team. They're at 41 and a half this year for their line. Where are you taking them? I'm actually going to lean towards over on this line as well. Oh, here we go. Oof. They had 38 wins last year, so that requires them getting four more wins. Uh, I do like a lot of the pieces that they do have. I'm a big John Morant fan. so um, <laughs> Your fantasy so season tells me, tells me, yep. <laughs> What was that? Your fantasy season reminds me that you are uh, last year reminds me you were a big John Moran fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and then and then they got like Dylan Brooks. Like they got they got a they kept a lot of their same core, which I really like. Um, they didn't do too many off season moves, so that if this team developed even more than they did last season, uh, I could I easily see them getting four more wins than they did last season with ten extra games. Um, so that, and like we mentioned before, uh, the, the division isn't that tough, um, with the Rockets and Spurs rebuilding and tanking and then the Pelicans still trying to figure out whatever's going on with them. So I, I will be leaning towards the over. So while not a lock for me, I'm going to take the under. So we're going to disagree on this one. So they have a lot of regression potential because you, I mean, the point is clear. Do they imp- did they improve as a team? Because what this line is saying is that they got better. I don't think they got better. I think people are underrating how bad the Jonas Valanciunas loss is. Like going from him to Adams is a big difference in scheme, in production, in minutes. Number one. Number two, Dylan Brooks is missing the first three weeks of the year. While that doesn't seem like much, when the difference for this line and their last year total was three wins, that makes a difference for like how close I want the line to be. And 
they're expected to be an above 500 win team in a better Western Conference. They all their moves this year poise for them to basically have a regression year. Let's, let's, we'll ride the young guys. We'll go from there. I'm going to go under here just on that, but you do bring up some good points. So I, I don't want to spend too much time on this team. Fascinating team right here, though. Pelicans, 39.5 wins as their line. Zach Deedle, are you taking the Pelicans as the over or the under at 39.5 wins? Definitely going to be taking the under. Yes. That is one of my better better bets. They they lost some, they, they lost Lonzo. Um, which I I really dislike Lonzo, as I'm sure <laughs> on the podcasts. Um, but even like I have to agree that he has been getting a lot better, and he's been working really well with Zion. And so I got to see how this team can um, can fix fix themselves after that loss. And then another point to bring up: they did only have 31 wins last season, uh, so. Asking them to get how many more wins was it? What was the line at? So last year they went uh thirty one forty one. So they they would have to get nine more wins. I, yeah, that's a pretty to, big bar leap. It's a big bar leap with what I think they uh they had a negative off season. I think so too. Yep. They um, they 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 swap Lonzo Ball for Sadaransky and Devonte Graham. The Jonas Valanciunas swap is good points-wise in production, but not in terms of fit with Zion. There's still the Brandon Ingham question as to whether he even fits on the roster. Zion might not even play every game of the year, and the chemistry is bad with that team. New coach. I don't see it. I really don't. This is my, actually one of my better bets as well, so we agree on that front. I've got this as an underlock for sure. The, the, the question i got to ask you uh what happens with this team this season? Do you think like Brandon Ingram gets traded? Does Zion want out? Does this team just tank? Like, what's kind of the the game plan here if you're the Pelicans? Jeez. Um. So that that's a that's tough. Um. I think like we're definitely gonna see this team starting the season, and I don't think they're gonna be doing any more moves before then. Um. Maybe. Ah. Uh, like I wouldn't even know how to approach it because it seems like they got components, but if they like they haven't been getting put together, so that's a good way to put it. Yep. Maybe we'll see some mid-season trades with them, but I, I really don't know how they could go on and improve it. Uh, like, well, you, no, you, well, you said it best. There's no way to really improve this roster like mid-year in, in terms of bigger scale moves because they don't have many assets. I don't think they should trade any of their big guys. And they're kind of just stuck in the middle. They have, like, young guys. They've got weird veterans. They don't know what they're doing. They have a lot of, as you put it, components, but not really a team. And that matters when it comes to their over-under. Um, one more te- two more teams in this division. San Antonio Spurs are 28.5 wins. Last year, they won 33. Zach, are you taking the over-under on Spurs at 28.5 wins over an 82-game season? Uh, honestly, I'm going to be taking the under here as well. Because without DeMar, I don't really see what kind of potential this team has to improve on last season. Well, I guess it's regress, right? They won more games. Yeah. Um, I just don't see how they could potentially get that many wins because they don't have the same kind of pieces as they had. So it's here's my case for the under. I, I'm going the over here. Pardon me. I'm going the over on this one. 
it's a t- I would say this line is probably one of the better lines out there in terms of like the creation of the line itself because on the one hand, the Spurs lost all their key veterans. They lost DeMar DeRozan, Patty Mills, Rudy Gay, those guys. On the other hand, they have a lot of young guys. DeJounte Murray, Derek White, Keldon Johnson, uh, some of those individuals. The reason I have the over here is that the Spurs still have Greg Popovich and they have competitiveness. I was just thinking about that, like the coaching. Yeah. Like they, they have to just go 29 and – what is it, 29 and 56? Is that math right? No, 29 and – they have to just win 29 games just to beat the line. Like that's a pretty low bar, even if it's a tough Western Conference. And you've got the – like a couple teams that are going to bottom the fuck out in the West toward the end of the year where they'll get some easy wins here or there. And they still have pieces. And the Spurs have always been a team that's been underrated regular season-wise, uh, preseason-wise. This is one where it's a tough line, but I think I'm going to go the over just on that fact alone. Okay. I, I actually – you've honestly been starting to convince me. Um, <laughs> but I'm actually looking up right now their end of this their schedule for, like, later games. Is, is it horrible? <laughs> Um, I'm I'm just gonna check who they play towards the end of this season. Well, uh, it, it's good for you and horrible for me. If that's <laughs> the last few, the last few games are, are Mavs and Mavs who are gonna be. Uh, they might not be a lock. They might be a lock in the playoffs. So that's their last game of the season. Warriors are second to last. Then we got the Timberwolves, Nuggets, Trailblazers back to back, Grizzlies, Spurs. Uh, or rocket sorry grizzlies rocket so like all those teams towards the end uh, besides maybe the mavericks and nuggets i would say aren't really going to be um trying to uh save uh conserve for the playoffs yeah exactly um, yeah that's a fair point so i i would say that they're not going to have an easy end of the season like you had mentioned so it might not go as planned uh, with that, what you mentioned about uh, some stealing uh, end of season wins. Uh, last team in this uh, division to talk about the Rockets are at twenty seven and a half wins. Uh, new culture. They traded James Harden last year. They're kind of in this rebuild mode. Uh, Zach, are you taking the over or the under on the Rockets at twenty seven and a half wins? I'm going to be taking the under here as well. I just don't see how they could improve on last season as well. Um, Christian Wood is going to be back and healthy, but um, we got I got to wait and get some uh, information on how he plays, like see see how he plays in the first few games. And um, but that's real. They really don't have that many building blocks. They are going to be entering tank mode so they can get a good draft pick. Um, so we're we're gonna have to see on that one as well, but um, I will be taking the under. So this is one of my best bets. Rockets under all the way. This team, I have, I'm allowed two f bombs for podcast. Is going to fucking suck. They've got all their veterans are. They've already told John Wall like, have a good day. We'll find a home for you eventually. Eric Gordon's not gonna be playing jack crap. They're gonna trade him at some point. Christian Wood, they might trade too. Jalen Green, their best player, is 19 years old. They're going to play a lot of rookies. They're going to suck. They're going to be horrible. 28 wins is a lot for a team that's basically hit the reset button. And I know the Thunder are kind of at that point, which we'll touch on in a bit. The Rockets are arguably in the same position as the Thunder. And even more incentivized probably to tank. This team is going to, is going to start out at 500. Then there's going to be an injury or something. And then they're going to bomb the hell out the rest of the way. I'm going easy under here. Total lock. Like, count me in. Uh... I got to ask, though, uh, 
Uh, what are you, uh, any thoughts on Jalen Green as a rookie? Because I know uh, Kate Cunningham's been getting a lot of hype, but Jalen Green's been low-key balling in the preseason. He has been. He honestly has been. Um, I haven't watched. I hadn't really watched him too much before the preseason, just because he was never really playing college ball that much. Um, yeah, you know, he played in the G League. Yeah, exactly. So I never and I never watched the G League. So. Um, Personally, like, i never really seen him play, but so far I've really liked what I've seen from him. Um, and I think he is a really good pickup, but for the future, um, once uh, once the team starts to develop their young core. But I do think for the first year anyways, they are going to try and uh, get another uh, high-seeded draft pick, um, like another lottery pick. So, so uh, heading into this last division in the Western Conference, we have six similarities and four differences. So a lot more close than I thought it would be. So I, I guess we do have some different takes here. This division is probably the most interesting uh, in the Western Conference, which is why I wanted to save it for last. The first team here is the Utah Jazz at 52 and a half wins. They win 52 games last year in that 80, in the 72-game stretch, have the first seed in the West, cruise through the first round. They're about to beat the Clippers. They're up 25 or whatever, and they completely choke what are your thoughts on this team at the 52 and a half win marker are you taking the over or are you taking the under uh which team was this again the utah jazz utah jazz um i'm actually in the line of a set of 52 and a half yes i'm gonna be taking the over uh last season they did get 52 wins and they didn't really uh they didn't really lose any of their pieces i think that they're gonna think that they're going to do even better this year than they did last year just because um who who else is really going to step up and fill in that open gap in, in the western conference like they, what what seed were they again last year they were, they were the uh, first seed last year first seed they were the first yeah that's right um so they were a first seed i don't think they're going to be a first seed again but i do have them placing in like the top four or five seeds um uh top four probably um Especially if they can, if Donovan Mitchell uh, can stay healthy, Rudy Gobert, uh, they have one of the deepest rosters. Even though they lost uh, favors, right? They lost favors. Yeah, they they do arguably have one of the deepest uh, ro- uh, rosters in the NBA with Ingles coming off the bench, um, like they, they Jordan Clarkson. Um, they just got so much depth that even if there is like a minor injury uh, in Donovan Mitchell, or yeah, in Donovan Mitchell, they can still uh, hit the uh, fifty-three wins or fifty-four wins. So this was almost my be- one of my better bets. I'm still taking the over with you, and here's why: they kept their nucleus intact, and their nucleus has been time and time again one of the regular, better regular season teams. Period in the NBA for the last half decade. Donovan Mitchell's going to get better. Rudy Gobert's going to stay the same. Uh, the Derek Favors swap for Rudy Gay, getting Rudy Gay on that roster, gives them the offensive punch they want and that they needed all for the longest time. They would basically need to win the same amount of games this year as they did last year with 10 extra games. I don't see why that would be a problem. And more importantly is that this Utah team failed last year. They could be a bounce-back team that's like, hey, we're going to prove something this year. Let's go win 60 games. Like, let's go prove to the world that we're a team that's capable of of winning these roster, uh, winning these competitions, 
I think for those reasons, I've got it as an over. It was almost a lock for me, but we're in agreement here. Next team to move on to is the Denver Nuggets. This is a pretty interesting line. Uh, they're at 47.5 wins. We don't know when Jamal Murray's coming back. They won 47 games last year. So, in other words, kind of the same as last year. Are you taking the over or the under at Nuggets at 47.5 wins? I think this line is too difficult to tell just because we don't know when Jamal Murray's coming back. Uh, wait, real but, quick. I also agree. I think this is one of the better lines that the betters put out there, the 47.5 for the Nuggets. It's pretty good. Yeah, because the, the Nuggets haven't looked in that good without uh, Jamal Murray. So if he does make a later season appearance, then um, – then I think that this would hit the under. However, if he if he comes back before Christmas, I, I would be hitting the over. I just think that this is a stay away bet for me, um, just because we we don't know when he's coming back. Uh, also, agree to stay away. I have a person as an over. If I had to pick one, w- would you pick over or under, and why? I would. If I had to pick one, I'd pick over okay. just because if they did get 47 wins last year um, in a 72-game season, and they didn't uh, they didn't lose any of their good pieces. They still got um, they still got uh, why am I blanking out? Jokic. <laughs> no, uh, like Gord. They got Gordon. They got uh, they got Monte Morris. They got Michael Porter Jr. I know he's he, he's Porter, their guy right yeah, there. There we go. I don't know. I couldn't remember his name, but yeah, <laughs> Michael Porter Jr. Um, they still got him. It's just. I don't see how this team, uh, like, if I had to bet, I, I would be betting the over, but I, I do think it's a stay-away bet. Yeah, the Murray component's pretty interesting. With that said, Michael Porter Jr. is going to take a leap. He's going to be their second-best player. Jokic is an Iron Man when it comes to health. Their bench, they survived last year with Austin Rivers playing, like, 35 minutes a night, like, full-blown point guard minutes. If they could survive that, they're going to survive the rest of the regular season. I don't see this team being a problem. They're going to be a fifth seed. They're probably going to win like 49 games and just be like right outside that top tier of uh, Western Conference teams. So we're in agreement with the first two teams. This is a team right here, another stay-away team, I think, the Portland Trailblazers. The whole Dame situation, here's why. The whole Damian Litter situation, I think, can't be discredited when he could get traded at any moment just on that fact alone. Their line is set at 44 and a half wins. Are you taking the over or the under on the Portland Trailblazers? I'm still taking the over. They had 42 wins last season, and that was with uh, uh, Nurkic out for a vast majority. With him back, I think that the pieces that they have are going to be a, like, a lot better playing together and everything. I, I do think this is an easy over because I don't think Dame really wants out. And this this team is a good regular season team, um, so I would be I would be betting the over if, if I bet on this. So I guess in an, an analogy to you with the Nuggets, this is kind of a similar situation with me. This is a stay away line because whether true or not, I just can't risk taking the over when Damian Lillard can get taken out of this team at any minute. We're also really banking on the return of health, like Damian Lillard. Uh, was healthy a lot for the past couple of years. He could get injured. I mean, that, that's a possibility. Nurkic being 100% is also like a really questionable thing. Their bench sucks. It's very thin. They didn't really address what I wanted them to address, which is like wings who can shoot and more defense. They lost some key contributors from last year. 
I think there's an under just because I don't see them. If I had to choose between them winning 50, uh, 45 games and making it to like the sixth seed or them going like 43, 42 and like barely missing the playoffs, I'm going to pick that one every time. So I'm going to go under here. So our, our disagreement for us. So we're eight and five right now with this. Uh, another interesting team, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Carl Anthony Towns is back. They have D.O. They've got Anthony Edwards and kind of balling up. Their line is set at 34 and a half wins. Uh, Zach, are you taking the Timberwolves over or under at 34 and a half wins? Uh, honestly, I am going to be taking the under. Oh, just, be- just because of last season's performance. Um, I-, I do think that they improved the roster, but I don't know if 11 games, uh, it's if it's an 11 game improvement uh, from their record last season. Like I, the the Western Conference is still such a difficult conference, and their division with the Jazz, Nuggets, and Trailblazers, uh, that's gonna be tough to get those wins. And then with the Thunder as well, that's an that that's an easy win. But um, but there's always the um, there this whole uh this whole conference is just gonna be tough. I I'm putting them like uh probably around an eleven or twelve seed. So um. I don't see how they'd be able to hit that. I'm not going to lie. I shot myself in the foot with this one because you just convinced me to take the under, but I'm going to keep my line at the over. They were they were good last year with Chris Finch. They went like 9-7 and seven when they had all their guys. Corinthy Towns missed almost all of last year, and they still won 23 games. They would just For this line, they would just need to be a competent Kings team. They would need to be the Sacramento Kings for one year. They need to be 35-47. and 47. That's a a bar a very low bar because the the argument here I think we're both disagreeing on is that do the Timberwolves have a twelve game margin of increase with them because on the one hand they have all their guys back they have ten extra games to play with they have the Thunder in their division which is some easy wins the flip side though is as you bring up this team has always been inconsistent they're in a tough division arguably the toughest besides the Pacific and that makes it hard to win thirty five games even if they have a good team with a bunch of young guys. So I'm going to take the over here. I'm hating myself for it. This is probably my worst bet. Definitely out of the whole board right now. And this is probably one of your better bets. Not going to lie. So that's kind of where we fall. Last team here. The Oklahoma City Thunder at 22 and a half wins. Zach, I think we, I know your answer here already, but I want to get your thoughts. So if you're thinking the under, that that's exactly what I'm thinking. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they just... Are they, I don't think that they're winning in their division uh, that many games. They might uh, suck one out here and there. But um, they're going to be entering tank mode as well, um, try and get another uh, good uh, pick for next year. Um, so I think that the Thunder are a lot more future-focused. So because of that, um, I don't see them being able to be in a win-now uh, win mentality the whole season. So I think that this is a pretty easy under. This is my last best bet for the Western Conference. Under lock. This team is the worst in the conference by far and away. This team has no good players. This team is like the Rockets going to effing tank. It's going to be horrible. They're going to have. They're going to run like Tail Maladon and Alex Pokashevsky 30 minutes a night. It's going to be fun to watch, except it isn't. This is one of my better bets. They're in a tough division. They're in a tough conference. All the stars align for them to tank this year, get a good pick, find some guy to pair with Shea Gildas Alexander. Uh, easy under, easy lock for me in the under. Yeah, I agree. 
So we, we're, at, we're at the 43-minute marker here. We got through all the teams. Just to round it out so we kind of have the final stats, we went 9-6 and six, uh, for our record, meaning that we had nine teams that we had the same line for and six that we had different lines. For same lines, we both agreed on the Lakers over, Warriors and Clippers under, uh, Mavericks over, Pelicans under, Rockets under, Jazz over, Nuggets over, Timber or, uh, and uh, Thunder under. Wow, Thunder Under. That's a, that's a way to rhyme that. Uh, differences we had, we had six of them. Uh, the differences were Suns Over. You had the under, I had the over. Uh, Kings, I had the under, you had the over. Grizzlies, I had the under, you had the over. Spurs, I had the over, you had the under. Uh, Blazers, uh, and Nuggets, or Blazers and Timberwolves were the two other ones that we had differences for. And then best bets, we both agreed, I think, that the Thunder and the Maverick Was it the Mavericks that was your other best bet? It was Thunder and one more team. Um, no. Um, Thunder and probably the Rockets. Yeah, but... Thunder and Rockets are two of my best bets. The Pelicans bet, is uh, for me, is very good. So my best bets to round it out are Warriors and Clippers under, Pelicans under, Rockets under, and Thunder, Thunder Under and Mavericks Over. So that's kind of my thing. Uh, Zach, we're, we're basically done with this pod. One more question for you, though. What is the most, uh, what are you looking forward to most for this coming NBA season as a Lakers fan? As a Lakers fan? Well, I'm just excited to see how this team develops with all of our new uh, additions. Um, I'm excited to see how we do um, against teams like uh, the Bucks and Nets, and then um, I'm excited. To, just excited to see how the entire season plays out. Just rooting for the Lakers. Um, I'm hoping that they can do as well as they're um, hyped up to be. Hopefully, this preseason isn't like any in, uh, negative indication so far. Well, we'll have to take a look at that. NBA opening night is on October, uh, I think, 17 or 18. It's this coming Tuesday. Uh, Lakers take on the Warriors in the second game on TNT. Zach, thank you so much for joining the pod. Yeah, thanks for having me.